This is Jay Sekulow, the New Hampshire primary. Progressives versus the socialists. Live from Washington, D.C., Jay Sekulow Live. The final two New Hampshire tracking polls before people go to the ballot box. Both have Senator Bernie Sanders comfortably ahead of his closest rival, former Mayor Pete Buttigieg. And his campaign said his rally last night at Keene State College drew the largest crowd of any Democratic candidate in New Hampshire with 2,000 people attending. Nevertheless, Sanders is on the trail asking for support and countering criticism he may be too progressive to beat President Trump if he wins the nomination. Phone lines are open for your questions right now. Call 1-800-684-3110. Sanders trying to paint Buttigieg as part of the corrupt establishment, not a safer choice than a Democratic Socialist. Also today, the Sanders campaign officially filed for a partial re-canvas of the Iowa caucuses, including 25 precincts and three satellite caucuses. And if corrected, his campaign says that would give Sanders one more national delegate. And now, Chief Counsel for the American Center for Law and Justice, Jay Sekulow. We've got a lot to talk about on today's broadcast because tonight we should have, and I say that with caution, we should have results from the New Hampshire primary. Of course, on Tuesday night, the night before the acquittal of the president in the impeachment trial, everybody expected we were going to have the results from the Iowa caucus, which I still don't think are in quite correctly yet. So supposedly, New Hampshire's coming today. Will it? Good question. We'll see soon, I guess. Uh, the polling's going on now. We're going to get into that. Uh, let's talk about that first. We're going to also talk about a couple of wins we've had on the religious liberty front in the next segment of the broadcast. On the back end, we're going to really get into the New Hampshire primary. But to get the conversation started a little bit here on the New Hampshire thing, Jordan, first of all, how accurate are these polls? I know there's a lot of independents up in, um, so in New Hampshire. So New Hampshire is this like half open primary. So you could, you could actually undeclare yourself a Republican and then become an independent that day and vote today in either primary. So as President Trump said, go and vote for the weakest candidate. And that's actually a strategy parties have done to each other when you got the president in office so he doesn't really have a, a primary challenge. So that's not new, what President Trump said yesterday. I mean, it, so you never you never exactly know, but I will tell you that it is easier to poll than a caucus. And it's pretty clear right now that Bernie Sanders has got, has got the strongest lead. I mean, the big surprise would be, it, does Mayor Pete somehow jump over him? There's no poll showing that even close, okay? Uh, but you go next, you go the step down, and there are polls within pretty close within the margin, some polls in the last day or two, that show Amy Klobuchar uh, within striking distance of Mayor Pete. And then Elizabeth Warren basically in a two-way tie for fourth with Joe Biden. Now, those polls are all so close at the end that I predict this. Joe Biden has the most to lose, but he's already kind of saying that. What if Joe Biden finishes third? He's going to consider that a win. Yeah. And he's going to use try to use that to say, see, I'm not dead. I jumped all the way back from fifth to third, which is pretty sad, but still. But what happens to Elizabeth Warren if she's in fourth in a, in a neighboring state? I mean, a, a state where literally people commute into her state to work daily. Yeah. So, so what does it say about that? And then if Amy Klobuchar, who who's gotten all this attention the last two days, doesn't finish in the top three, is a, is a far away fourth or fifth place. I think she's been place. the best debater. On their debate yeah, stage, she's the best But if she doesn't finish, she's got a lot to lose as well. So yeah. I think Joe Biden finishing in fifth, a ton to lose. Klobuchar, a lot to lose. And then, of course, Sanders Sanders the most. He's got to, he has to kind of win. This is his home turf kind of territory, if you so will. If, 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 is it fair to say, Harry, at this point, 
that it really is the progressive wing versus the socialist wing that this all this we kind of dealt with this yesterday this whole moderate wing doesn't really exist oh i well i think the moderate wing exists but it is shrinking and shrinking rapidly i think most of the energy is on the progressive wing um, and a significant number of Democrats have been converted uh, to socialism, um, mm. um, and that uh, is a troubling development for the nation. So, so Joe Biden's not even going to be there today. Joe Biden is going to do a live stream to his supporters from South Carolina. He's actually going to South Carolina, which is not up, up next. It's Nevada next, then South Carolina. So that tells you about what Joe, how Joe Biden thinks he's going to finish. So maybe my, maybe Joe Biden finishes the top three be a great surprise for him obviously his polling's not showing that all right if you're on facebook and periscope we encourage you to share it with your friends coming up in the next segment we're going to talk about a victory for the aclj major case major win back the challenges facing americans are substantial at a time when our values our freedoms our constitutional rights are under attack it's more important than ever to stand with the american center for law and justice for decades now The ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights, in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now, during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. ACLJ.org. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org gift. The, uh, we have a lot more on the New Hampshire primary, but I, I want to take a moment here uh, to celebrate a victory because that's important. American, while all this was going on in Washington, D.C., our ACLJ teams around the country, frankly, around the world, were working on uh, major cases. I know we had some big wins in Europe. Uh, our office in Pakistan had some great wins the last couple of weeks, so uh, things were happening, and we've got a good win here in the United States. Abby Sutherland is a senior counsel for the ACLJ. She's been on the broadcast many times. She had an interest interesting case and i'm going to have her set it up and involved an fbi agent who we actually were representing talk a little bit of talk about the case first that's right so we represent an fbi agent in a field office in um chicago and um he had for years displayed a chalkboard containing bible verses um, so this was where did he display it 
He displayed it on the top of his cubicle. So he, his workspace area, okay. And it was pursuant to a policy. Everyone decorated their personal workspaces. Yep. Um, and so over the course of a few years, there had been several occasions in which um, supervisors had questioned the religious speech, had expressed displeasure with the content, the Bible verses, had told him to take it down. The chalkboard had actually been removed one day without his permission. So somebody it was, took it. Yes, it was subsequently put back up. So in the fall of this past year, he was ordered officially to take it down. Um, So when you say, I want everybody to understand, so you're in an FBI field office, you got a cubicle, is he an agent? He is, Okay. So he, so, and he takes somebody inside what that would look like, an agent's office. Well, I mean, uh, sort of think of a boiler room operation in a stock office. Uh, Everybody uh, is sitting in in little cubicles that are framed around with these uh, artificial, you know, these sort of walls that are made uh, with uh, cloth and plastic and so forth. There's a desk, there's a telephone, there's a stand for a computer, something like this. And there may be as many as 20 or 30 workspaces stations seated in this very large room and everybody's got their workstation and you can't really look in to see what is being done because the agent may be drafting a 302 yeah you know an an official memorandum of an interview so there's privacy and you really have to exert yourself to look into the space all right so our client has a chalkboard he puts bible verses on it what first of all what's his work history How's he, when he's being reviewed in the past, what's his work history like? He's worked for the FBI for over a decade. Okay. And um, he has an excellent to outstanding rating Okay, at the FBI. So he's never had a job issue? Never. So the job issue here was what was on his chalkboard? Right, right. So what was on the chalkboard? So um, it was a Bible verse. I, I'm actually not yeah. sure. He would switch out the Bible verses okay. on a weekly or daily basis. Okay. Um, so it came to a point at which after this was the third time that someone had taken issue with the religious content and only the religious content, other employees were still displaying various. So what did the other employees display in their workstations? Um, some were jokes of the day. There was a rather large, um, beer advertisement hanging, um, on the workspace cubicle. So the beer advertisement was fine. The Bible verse was not. It was. Okay. And he knew this, this. He knew this was a pattern that that needed to be addressed because another employee had been told to take down her 4th of July decoration. What was in that? Which contained the words, God bless America. Okay, so it's the July 4th week. She puts up, God bless America, and she's told to take it down. Yes. Did this actually come from, like, supervisors? Instead of, like, catching terrorists, they're out there worrying about what's uh, what's on the chalkboard? It came from supervisors each and every time, and more than one supervisor, which is why he decided to take a stand yeah. and and clarify the policy. So um, did they, Abby, did they, what kind of policy did they, because to me it seems so petty that these are adults in a, you know, an adult and you're in your workspace and people decorate their workspace. I mean, the teams in here decorate their workspaces and they decorate the workspaces in the workspace. They have a, a Bible verse or God bless America. And for the FBI, this is a constitutional crisis. Apparently so, and the interesting thing is the agent requested a copy of the policy on more than one occasion yeah. and was never given a, pop, a copy of the policy. Of We've still never seen the policy. Right. Um, but he did this knowing that he might face disciplinary action because within the ranks of the FBI, when you're ordered to do something and you refuse to do so, many times discipline follows. Yeah, we, 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 we've, we know. 
Not always discipline follows, oh. <laughs> but go ahead. In this case, this guy they're going to try to get. The people that were you know, bugging the, uh, or, or, you know, spying on the Trump campaign, they get away. That's fine. This, they got, this, this is the guy they want to take down, but go ahead. He did, and he did face disciplinary mm. action. So when you say disciplinary action, what they bring, what they charge him with, or what are they going to charge him with? Like well, insubordination? Um, yes, insubordination. Mm. He was removed from several of his duties. Um, and then immediately following this incident, he received his first low performance annual rating, which then denied him a, a pay raise that he was entitled to. Um, and after reviewing the annual rating, we knew for sure it was an act of retaliation. There was no support for it. Some of the statements were entirely incorrect in the evaluation that was conducted. And again, he had years and years of outstanding and excellent yep. service. So, okay, so we get involved. What's the first thing we do? Um, we gather the information and we send a letter directly to um, the supervisors at the FBI, the ones above the one that made the, the, decision. In- the decision. So then you go for a meeting. Walk people into that. Can you talk about that meeting a little bit? I I cannot talk about the mediation. Um, there were numerous representatives for the FBI there. Numerous representatives for the FBI over a chalkboard that had Bible verses on it. Now, I want everybody yeah. to let that sink in for just a moment. So I'm not belittling the significance of it because for this uh, agent, this was a big issue for him personally. He had a Bible verse, another person had God Bless America, and that the FBI decides to send multiple representatives, I won't tell you how many, because it would boggle your mind, um, to negotiate this out. Uh, so tell us about what happens here. Um, well, ultimately... First of he, all, did he get written up? I mean, was he formally written up? Did they file a formal reprimand? Um, or did they note it in his yes, review? Yes, it was noted. Um, as I said, he was removed from certain duties while this was being investigated. So, Andy, when they re- you're shaking your head there. I want you to jump in on this because you uh, work with FBI agents uh, well, for years. What I want to say is, you know, to our Christian audience, arise, O Lord, judge the earth. Here is a man who is doing the most horrible thing in the world, putting a Bible verse up, and he is being... Uh, uh, castigated by his superiors after a decade of service uh, for the for the government, considering what the FBI agents have done in other cases that we have been involved in, this innocuous conduct and in, in uh, by, by a God fearing man is being subjected to this kind of torment. This is awful. Okay, so before we get into the resolution, I'm, we've kind of taken you inside there, but I want to go to Harry on this because you've written a lot about religion and r- religious freedom. A workspace that they allow people to have personal expressions, a limited public forum of that point. There's no way this violates the establishment clause. I mean, this isn't the government speaking here. This is the private actor speaking. Absolutely. So there are two precise issues, uh, at least from my perspective. First, uh, it has to do with one component of the free exercise clause uh, that the that Congress and in this particular case, the government can make no law respecting the exercise of religion. That's number one. Number two, uh, this particular individual enjoys the right of freedom of speech. And then number three, what we have clearly and unmistakably is unequal a treatment of an individual largely on grounds that he has affirmatively engaged in religious speech. So this reflects, at least in my opinion, a newly discovered 
muscular form of hostile secularism, which is beginning to infect the federal government. And this policy clearly and unmistakably, in my view, violates the United States Constitution, number one. And number two, it violates common sense. So here you have an agent who has performed his job admirably, admirably, and guess what? We want to write him up because he has a form of speech outside of his cubicle. Where was the FBI when Peter Strzok and Lisa Page engaged in their misbehavior? Oh, they were erasing. Those those they erased. Yes. Where (laughs) was the FBI with respect to all of the emails that uh, Hillary Clinton received? Um, They were missing in action. But guess what? They have the time. They have the energy to go after an individual who has a a card outside of his office. So this raises the question whether or not the FBI uh, has been fatally infected with anti-Christian hostility. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this. This has got us all riled up. So we're going to take this into the next segment of the broadcast. We'll let you know how this went. But just think about this for a moment. FBI agent worked there for a decade in his private workspace, puts a little sign outside that has a Bible verse on it. What do they do? They write him up. That they have time to do. But as Andy said, people can erase emails. People can do all kinds of things. That's a constitutional crisis. No, this guy is the constitutional crisis. We'll talk about the victory there. We'll talk about that, how it was handled. We'll get some more information. Then we're going to get into some other conversations. Back half hour, we're going to get into New Hampshire. So get you, if you want to talk to us, by the way, 800-684-3110. 1-800-684-3110. Also, support the work of the ACLJ. Yeah, ACLJ.org. You can donate online. That's ACLJ.org. We'll be right back. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org gift. The challenges facing Americans are substantial at a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack. It's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. 
The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, ACLJ.org. Than Bennett for a moment because he's lonely up there in Washington. We're going to get to him in the in the back half hour here, but Than, uh, just a little teaser on what's coming up in the second half hour. Uh, so Joe Biden just announced that Biden abruptly cancels his primary party appearance and heading to South Carolina. Yeah, not exactly a good omen, Jay. They also took him off the trail in New Hampshire earlier this week. That told me everything I needed to know. I will tell you, it is a little lonelier now that you've left town, though, Jay. Um, But I did, if I could, could I just make one comment on that FBI case that you were talking about? Because we have talked on this broadcast, Jay, about this cultural problem at the FBI where there's the leadership divide between the seventh floor and the line agents. We said over and over again, when you had leadership targeting presidential campaigns and sitting campaigns, that there were many good line agents. Jay, do you need a more stark example of that cultural divide between the seventh floor and the light angels to what you all are talking about pretty shocking actually yeah so abby again quite quickly set up the facts again for people to understand as an fbi agent career fbi agent been there for over a decade right um got great reviews and then what does he do that cause what 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 does he do to create the constitutional crisis for the fbi well for the last three years or so he's been displaying bible verses on top of his workspace cubicle and had no real problems. No, uh, no real problem. Well, actually, approximately one time a year, someone would take issue. A supervisor um, oh, a would supervisor. take issue okay. with the religious content, and he wasn't the only one. And that, that's what actually led him to go ahead and and question the policy and take okay. a stand. So the policy was what? Because they never gave you the policy. But what what, what were right. they saying it was? We don't know what the policy was, except that the the concern that I believe was probably front and center is. Um, other employees in the workspace can see the message. And if, if it's offensive to them, then how do we deal with that? And These that's are a, adults that's, we're talking about. Exactly. Well, guess exactly. what? The price of free speech is sometimes you hear things you don't like. I mean, but Andy, you're shaking your head. Well, I'm shaking my head because it's so ridiculous that we have degenerated into a culture that condemns a person who in their workspace puts up a verse out of Scripture. Would it have been different if it was from the Koran? Would it have been different if it yeah, was from something else? It wouldn't have been a complaint. But, <laughs> I, but again, to our Christian audience, I want to say that these are the kinds of things that we engage in and, and protect, and, and police officers do not lose their civil rights simply because they put on a uniform. Yeah. Yeah, a question came in, too, uh, from Gordon on Facebook, saying, is there a difference between rules for government workers and the private sector as far as displays? I mean, a lot of this comes down to is what you allow yeah. for, for both private and yeah, corporate. But government government. Because it's the government, there are First Amendment rights that attach that in a a private workspace may not. So this was a government workspace. Um, They allowed personal expression. Then the question is, can they, then, then, Abby, it really was, could they censor this particular expression because it was, it had a Bible verse on it or it had a Christian content? I mean, the issue really was the policy was being applied in a discriminatory manner, as it typically is for religious content, specifically Christians. This happens time and time again. What was the end result? Um, we were very successful. And, and honestly, the moment that ACLJ sent a letter to the FBI, it was very quickly reviewed, and they quickly began to take steps to correct the situation. Now, you went to actually to a, a meeting, like I a did. mediation. I did. And we're not going to get into You're not allowed to discuss the details of it, but everything has been resolved successfully? It has. It has been resolved successfully. Bible verses can say up? Yes, yes. Client's record cleared? Yes. He's still an FBI agent? He is, yes. 
So I'm glad it's resolved. I'm glad that Abby is a great lawyer and she got it resolved. But it is a little bit numbing, to tell you the truth, that we are in a situation where I look at the tale of two cities within the FBI. And on the one hand, I've got, I just spent three weeks on the floor of the Senate giving a litany of FBI abuses, including filing false statements to the FISA court. And for all I know, that agent or lawyer is still there. And then our client, it, it gets written up and, and basically denied promotions. Why? Because he had a Bible verse displayed where somebody said, God bless America on the uh, July 4th week, which kind of tells you the nature of what we've got. We actually got a call coming in on this. We should take a uh, call line on line one. Yeah, Jerry in Rhode Island on line one. Jerry, welcome to JSECIO Live. You're on the air. Hey, Jerry. Hello, team. There's the A team and the B team. And when you tow the line and you're going to testify the way the management wants you to or just the 302s, the way the, the high tide is working, going forward, how is this guy going to be evaluated for future mm. positions, like up to struck level? Yeah. If he's already If he's already made a ripple down in middle level, how is he going to be counted on to be a that's team a good, player at the upper level? That's a good question. Andy first. Well, I mean, what's going to happen is that he's tarred and feathered and marred for the rest of his career with the FBI and with law enforcement, and he's never going to be able to rehabilitate himself because his integrity has been impugned, and I know, I can tell you that this is going to follow him forever. Which I hope it doesn't. What do you think, Abby? You well, did it. Well, here's the thing is, the ACLJ is watching. We're monitoring the situation. And I think that makes a And big we will continue to monitor the situation. I think why this is so... I want so- you to say that again so people so understand, because we, we are concerned about it, obviously. But we don't just win the case and say, thank you, goodbye. We're going to monitor this situation closely, and we've got a pretty loud voice uh, when we need to use it. So go ahead, talk about that for a minute. Yeah, Um, yeah, we will continue. That we will, and we will continue to monitor this situation. I think, you know, in the 15 years or so that I've been doing this, fortunately, there's never been been a second incident of retaliation. Yeah, Um, and and so that's you know that's encouraging. I think what is so disturbing about practicing law 15 years between the clerkship and. I am an old man. <laughs> Abby was one of our law clerks years ago. When were you in law school? 22, graduated in 08? 2007. 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that is what it is. Um, we've got a great team. And these, uh, not so, well, I'm still say young lawyers, uh, but seasoned lawyers now uh, came through Regent University. In fact, you know, by the way, a little shout out to Regent. We had, how many lawyers, Jordan, on the president's team from Regent? Four? Yeah. Yeah. Four lawyers from Regent University and the president's defense team is pretty historic. But anyways, so we're going to monitor it. But but we've had we had a good success here. And- we did, and I, but I think that why this is so egregious is you have the federal government failing to abide by the laws of the land, and at the very you know at the very least being confused about what what the law is and how it's yeah. applied, and that's why it's disturbing here. Is if you if you can't rely upon the federal government to properly apply the laws of the land. Um, where, where where do we go from there? All right, go ahead, Jordan. Uh, so we have some calls coming in about it. I think I guess we'll take those second half hour. You want to try it? Uh, t- well, actually, we have one right now. I think we could try it to Let's answer really it. quickly. Okay, Julie in California, line three. Julie, welcome to JSECU Live. You're on the air. Hey, Julie, quickly, please. Hi, Jay. Hey. Um, first of all, because I'm so happy that you protected our 45th president of the United yeah, States. With the and team. Hopefully, yep. hopefully the next 45 by what you did. Um, yeah. I'm going to donate $45. There you go. ACLJ. 45 for 45. Thank you. ACLJ, thanks you. But go ahead with your question. Um, 
I work in a very liberal industry. I'm almost, I'm at the point practically of not saying anything Christian. Yeah. What if I were to put up a Bible verse? Um, would you guys be able to protect Depend, me? It would, I'm going to put you on hold and let you, we'll get your contact info and someone will contact. It's going to really, it, Abby, it really depends on private versus public, what the policies are. It does. Most of the time, one rule that you can rely upon is it just, the policy has to be applied in a neutral manner. If other people are allowed to decorate their workspace, then you can too, and they can't single out religious content and treat it disfavorably. All right. Coming back from the break, and good job on that, by the way. Coming back from the break, that was a nice win. I'm glad we were able to talk about that. We're going to get into New Hampshire. What's next on the political polls? It's going to be a big uh, a big night for somebody. Yeah, I think it's probably a, a good night for Bernie Sanders. If not, I mean, it throws the whole thing into a mess. Should be a Bernie decent... Sanders does not win tonight. He, he's in trouble. Yes, I mean, unexplainable. And then Mayor Pete should have a decent night coming in second. And then it's the rest. It's who comes in third. Right. That is very unclear right now. All right, we want you to support the work of the ACLJ. Any amount you donate, uh, it's great. It's tax deductible. ACLJ.org. ACLJ.org. Have your voice heard so we can handle cases just like we talked about today. Back with more in a moment. But again... Go to aclj.org, support the work of the ACLJ. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights, in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at aclj.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, aclj.org. Live from Washington, D.C., Jay Sekulow Live. And now, Chief Counsel for the American Center for Law and Justice, Jay Sekulow. Hey, welcome back to the broadcast. Everyone, we're taking your calls at 800-684-3110, We're going to get into a little bit of a political discussion. Let me go to Fan on this and Jordan to start, and that is today is New Hampshire primary day. Bernie Sanders expected to win but, you know, there's a lot of independence up there in New Hampshire. What are you hearing, Fan? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is the expectations game, as Jordan was saying. I do expect Bernie Sanders will win, but he's got a bunch of downside and very little upside. If he if he does win, Jay, and I do suspect he will, he will be the clear front runner coming out of this. And I actually think that that momentum would probably carry him to a victory in Nevada as well. And actually, the fact that when Joe Biden left New Hampshire today, he skipped Nevada and went straight to South Carolina. To me, that undermines his belief that Bernie Sanders uh, will win Nevada as well. Uh, Jay, Joe Biden, he views South Carolina Carolina as his absolute firewall at this point. South Carolina is the only chance that the vice president has to be in the nominee, in my view. I think Bernie Sanders is the clear front runner. I really do think, I actually think Mayor Pete has to seriously outperform tonight to have a chance. I know he did well in Iowa, uh, but Jay, after tonight, he doesn't have much of a path unless he gets a whole lot of momentum tonight. I mean, the latest polls out of Nevada, that comes next. And, And these, again, are before Bernie Sanders likely has a big victory tonight. And some of these were even before, right after this Iowa debacle. But it was clear that Bernie Sanders basically tied with Mayor Pete. I mean, Mayor Pete tries to claim victory, but whatever. Um, 
the truth is that Biden's lead was shrinking from like 10 points at one point, like a few months ago. So he had a good lead in Nevada to down to one point. And you know it's just going to get worse for Joe Biden after tonight. Because I said the best Joe Biden can do tonight is third place. And I don't think, Than, he would have left New Hampshire if he thought third place was a, was an option because I think he could have spun that into a comeback story like a Bill Clinton-style thing of, see, they tried to they tried to beat me down, try to say I had no chance. They've, they put all their power, pressure on me. I still pull off third place when you guys had me for fifth. Obviously, he didn't think that that they don't think that that was even possible. Or I mean, and anything is possible. People are voting today. But if that was on their radar, he wouldn't have left and then skipped Nevada to head to South Carolina. I think that's even more telling is that he had, thinks he has no chance in Nevada now either. That's the first three states he thinks he has no chance in. That's yeah. I mean, the, but he tries to tell people he's the front runner. Surprise, surprise, Joe Biden. Those polls don't matter anymore. People yeah. are voting now, yep. and if you can't win states, or if you think you can only win one state, and by the way, he's going to drop in South Carolina like, Harry, you like were a looking rock. At that. Is he already dropping in South Carolina? I believe he is, in part because of the rise of Tom Steyer. Who's just decided who, to spend a boatload, right? Yeah, not only a boatload, but uh, a ton of time. And Steyer has uh, hired up to a 1,000 or more of, uh, individuals to canvas the state, particularly among African-American voters. And Steyer is an unknown quantity, so that means that he can uh, create a persona, an identity, to go after voters that Biden thought were his. But I think Biden's real problem is that Biden was collapsing mentally, and and I say this with respect, uh, even before uh, he joined uh, the nomination battle, and he keeps attacking people that are inclined to attend his events, which increasingly is a shrinking number of people, yeah. and he's uh, calling supporters names. And so it's a very unintelligent uh, strategy, which you can only attribute to uh, perhaps some mental dysfunction. All right, so let me do this quickly. We'll get calls coming back in the next segment, 800-684-3110. Who do you think wins tonight? Bernie Sanders. Andy? Bernie Sanders. Eric. Bernie Sanders. Van? Senator Sanders. Yeah, I tend to agree. The question will be who comes in second. I think that's Mayor the Pete. bigger question. It's going to be Mayor Pete. Yeah. So Pete Buttigieg comes in second, then there'll be the fight for third. And that's who's rele- who's, who remains relevant. I mean, Elizabeth Warren One, two, and three are it, right? I mean, fourth place for Elizabeth Warren in a neighboring state. And then she's got to go to South Carolina. She lost most of her staff in Nevada because of harassment claims, yep. racial harassment claims. She's the progressive, you know, uh, the other progressive. She's been out progressive. She can't be the halfway progressive to this this group of liberals now. That's so what we've she, seen. So you think if she comes in fourth, she's probably done? I don't know how she keeps raising money. Yeah, how do you keep well, raising money? we got a lot to talk about. We'll take your calls, 800-684-3110, 1-800-684-3110. Michelle's been holding for a while. We'll get to your call coming right after the break. Don't forget to support the work of the ACLJ at ACLJ.org. The challenges facing Americans are substantial at a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack. It's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines protecting your freedoms, defending your rights in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. 
The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, ACLJ.org. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org slash gift. He'd speak out a little bit on uh, Iowa last night. Uh, in New Hampshire. In, in, while he was in New Hampshire. Take a listen to this. I turned on at 7 o'clock. I wanted to see who won. They said, there's a little problem. Little did they know. Does anybody, it's now a week, does anybody know who won Iowa? I don't know. Maybe Rand or Lindsey. Rand, does anybody know who won Iowa? Lindsey, you're a total pro. Nobody knows. He said nobody Flip a coin. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. They're going to run your health care. <laughs> I thought that was a great, that was the best line. Flip a coin. They're going to run your health care. All right, Michelle's been holding for a long time. Let's take hey, her. Michelle, calling from Ohio, which is an important state as yes. well. Uh, Michelle, welcome to JSEC. You're live. You're on the air. Thank you so much. And sure. for all you guys do, I pray yeah. for you often. You. This is a two-part question. If someone is running on a blatant platform of socialism, how does that fit into our two-party system? Isn't the two-party system the law? And if so, why isn't the law of the land being enforced in policy and in the availability for candidates to run? Yeah, so uh, there's no – you could have 50 parties. We've traditionally only had – Two, but in our history, there's been as many as six or seven. I mean, so it's not. And they realign. Yeah, they, they, and parties realign. But there's yeah. no law that says Republican and Democrat. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're at, the question you're asking, though, is a good one. And that is, why did they go down this road, Harry? Why did they go down this road of we're going to stake out either to be progressive or socialist? Well, it's, it's a, a, it's, a, progressive it's a, it's a very socialism good enough. question if you look at American history. I would say, first, the progressives have largely taken over uh, the energy within the Democratic Party. Now, many uh, individuals who are part of the leadership of the Democratic Party realize that this is a dangerous move. But if you look at the energy coming into this election cycle from 2016, all of the energy favored Bernie Sanders. And so uh, many of Bernie Sanders' supporters in 2016 feel aggrieved uh, by the leadership of the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party essentially doesn't care about working class people, uh, doesn't really care about members of minority groups. 
they care about having an appearance of caring about those particular groups. And I think, uh, to Bernie Sanders' credit, uh, he at least does care about working-class people, even though his policies are likely to backfire, hurt working-class people, hurt members of minority groups. Uh, so I think uh, the politics um, of the moment are dominated in part uh, by individuals who have been educated at elite schools and universities who basically, at the end of the day, hate America, or at least America as traditionally understood. I, I want to play a bite from James Carville, the Democratic strategist, who made the famous statement years ago, it's the economy stupid, and that was the, the statement about um, you run on the economy when the economy's strong. But James Carville, Democratic strategist, married to Mary Matlin, well-known, here's what he said. The problem here is the Democratic Party. And the problem is we can't seem other than Senator Bennett and maybe Senator Klobuchar, they can't seem, and may repeat somewhat for sure, to talk about things that are relevant, that matter in people's lives. We're out there chasing every kind of goofy thing that we can. Chasing every kind of goofy thing that we can. And so, Than, I go to you next and say, okay, that appears to be where the party's headed. Jay, think about this. I mean, you just as a political observer, think about the state of the Democrat Party when Democrat voters, Jay, this is, this is hard to believe, Democrat voters are about to nominate someone who is not a member of their party. What does that say about the, the state of that party? It's pretty shocking, yeah, I actually. That's why the college question was good. It's because Bernie Sanders has played this game of he's running for re-election as a senator as an independent. He's running for president as a Democrat because you have to do that. Uh, you have to you know, run for the party uh, and join the party that you're a member of. But in his Senate campaign, he is not uh, pledging like allegiance to the Democrat party. Um, he's one of two independents in the U.S. Senate. Uh, but he can run as a Democrat party. I think that typically why we now have this two-party system, which is, I think, going to come into more and more question, uh, unless things just realign again and people get their heads on straight. Because the Republican Party, see, these two parties basically are, represent tents. And the tent is usually big enough to encompass kind of the two main political theories that dominate conservatism and liberalism. Uh, you know, big C, big L right. in America. And the Republican Party, as we just, you know, we're in the U.S. Senate and you look across those senators, you realize you have people, even last night, Rand Paul sitting next to Lindsey Graham at a Donald Trump event. Right. These are people who come from very different policy backgrounds. Rand Paul is a libertarian. Uh, uh, I'd say that Lindsey Graham is much more close to a neoconservative on, on right. much more, you know, of a hawk when it comes to military action. And yet they are in the same party and Donald Trump is too. On the left, they 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 done a very good job in Congress up until I think with AOC, and in the Senate they haven't had the problem yet. They haven't had the AOC problem in the U.S. Senate yet. They were very how how in line were they? I mean, when you realized how structured they are in yes. the Senate, even though they're the minority party, yep. because they don't have many rebels. So there's this move then to say, okay, their tent is very small, the Republican tent large. Their tent keeps getting smaller. The purity test, I'd call it, keeps getting uh, uh, more and more severe. And if and if you go with that AOC Bernie Sanders route, then you're pushing out a lot of people who would call themselves Democrats. Where are they going to go? I mean, how many Angus Kings can there be? Right. Who feel like they don't have a party uh, to be a part of? And um, and that's why Susan Collins is still a Republican, and Lisa Murkowski is still a Republican. But Angus King is independent, and you could see a rise of this if. 
if this Bernie Sanders wing is just successful in winning the nomination. So Suzanne on Facebook asked this question, which is a really good question. We'll start with Andy and go to Than. Uh, is the, do you believe the Democratic Party is fractured? Oh, I think it's very much fractured, but <clears throat> fractured in a leftist uh, um, orientation. You've got progressives. You've got Marxists. Yep. Because Buttigieg, whatever he might say, is it comes from a Marxist root. His father was, my colleague Harry Hutchinson told me this morning, a Marxist professor at Notre Dame University. What do you think the apple falls? Not far from the tree. You've got socialists, democratic socialists. He calls himself Bernie Sanders. Uh, Bernie Sanders. So you have a party that is fractured, but it's fractured on the left. There are no centrists. There are no moderates. Klobuchar, I don't, I don't like her personally for certain things that she said about my state. But uh, I, uh, the, 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 there's no centrist. There's no moderation. And one of the key things in politics, if you read Aristotle, the great Greek philosopher, he said, "Pan metron ariston." Everything in moderation. This is a center-right country. It is not a leftist country. You must govern from the middle and from the right of the middle. Yeah, I would say you look at President Trump, take away the rhetoric, take away the style. He's governing very similar to how exactly uh, the Republic, a Republican, a center-right person would want him to govern. Yep. You know, serious about military issues, serious about economic issues. Different Concerned style. About foreign engagement. All, it's like it's right. just the different styles, but not so different policies. He his one fundamental policy difference was where he actually moved with where the conservative movement did is well was that we are we're getting too involved in these long long yeah, wars. We've got to figure right. out how what are the ways out, and he's still in the process of doing that. I mean, it's not like he's rushing us out of these for no for for like as a libertarian might and say we're just leaving to leave. No, right. he's doing it in a structured way, which is still very conservative. I think that the the critics of Trump from the right, it's a style criticism. It, it's really, they have nothing about his policy to criticize him. The left, as as you just point out, is all over the place. First it was Medicare for all. How are we going to pay for it? Oh, we'll figure it out. It, it, it doesn't work, numbers-wise. It can't work unless you, unless basically you, you put wealth caps in, things right. like that, which are policies that people like Bernie Sanders actually supported Putting a cap on how much money you can make a year. Which and is then absurd. what? The rest goes to the government. That's communism, by the way. That's not socialism anymore. That's communism. Right. So, so Than, as, as we got about a minute and a half here before we... And the next section, by the way, next segment of the broadcast, we'll take your calls on any topic, 800-684-3110. can get those comments in or questions in by Facebook as well, 1-800-684-3110. So I'm going to ask the next question, which is top three. Who do you see as the top three likely tonight? Uh, top three tonight, I think, will be Senator Sanders, Mayor Pete, and then I think uh, Senator Klobuchar will probably eke out third place, uh, okay. get a ticket out of New Hampshire into Nevada. Jordan? I, I feel the same way. I, I think that Elizabeth Warren is just a dying campaign, and, and Joe Biden's is already in the grave. All right. Andy? Yeah, I absolutely agree with uh, Jordan. Uh, Elizabeth Warren um, showed her true colors in, in things that happened in the Senate. When she took a stoic glance from the chief justice well, that was for a nasty. totally inappropriate question, yeah. and uh, and I think it's going to be Sanders, Buttigieg, uh, and with, Klobuchar. Yeah. Uh, I I agree with with Andy, and I think Elizabeth Warren has clearly overplayed her hand. But I also think Elizabeth Warren's a problem is she doesn't really know who she is yeah. because she has said so many conflicting things yeah. and she wants to have it both ways. Yeah. Formerly a conservative economist. Right. I tend to think it's going to be those three. I mean, I think it's probably what Fan said's right. It's probably 
Sanders, Buttigieg, and probably Klobuchar. And then they come if, under if, pressure. If it's not Klobuchar, if she falls fourth or fifth, I think she's probably done. Yes, and if she does come in third, the spotlight becomes on her, and does she survive that to the next round? I don't think so because of her staff issues, she said. Yeah, all right. More to talk about. Take your calls, 800-684-3110. Only when a society can agree that the most vulnerable and voiceless deserve to be protected is there any hope for that culture to survive. And that's exactly what you are saying when you stand with the American Center for Law and Justice to defend the right to life. We've created a free, powerful publication offering a panoramic view of the ACLJ's battle for the unborn. It's called Mission Life. It will show you how you are personally impacting the pro-life battle through your support. And the publication includes a look at all major ACLJ pro-life cases, how we're fighting for the rights of pro-life activists, the ramifications of Roe v. Wade 40 years later, Planned Parenthood's role in the abortion industry, and what Obamacare means to the pro-life movement. Discover the many ways your membership with the ACLJ is empowering the right to life. Request your free copy of Mission Life today online at aclj.org gift. The challenges facing Americans are substantial at a time when our values, our freedoms, our constitutional rights are under attack. It's more important than ever to stand with the American Center for Law and Justice. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights, in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. And we have an exceptional track record of success. But here's the bottom line. We could not do our work without your support. We remain committed to protecting your religious and constitutional freedoms. That remains our top priority, especially now during these challenging times. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today, ACLJ.org. You know, I want to thank our video team for a video that they put together uh, last week after the uh, after the win at the acquittal of the uh, of the president and the impeachment hearing. It was really it was well, really well done. It it did a great job of capturing the emotion of uh, when we all walked out of that in the East Room that day. None of us we just walked, they were told to walk in the side because the president comes in the middle. And you don't come in where the president comes in. So we walk in and the place erupted and people stood up and these were like cabinet members. It was. Uh, humbling to say the least, but uh, I'm very glad for my grandchildren that whoever put that together, I know our video team worked on that, did a great job. It's something I'm going to cherish, and I know a lot of my colleagues have watched it as well, and they feel the same way. All right, last segment, we're going to take your calls. Let me let me say something here before we do that. So I think this is actually a really big night. Yeah, I think tonight's a big night because I think some candidates uh, don't go on or, or, or limp to the next one and are done. For instance, if, if Amy Klobuchar, who was of course participating in the Senate impeachment proceeding. If she doesn't come in third, I I I don't think there's any oxygen left for her. Yeah, I, mean, I think she's probably put everything she can into into this state. I, I just because it starts getting okay, yeah, you can go to Nevada, you can go to South it's Carolina, tough. but then you're hitting super Tuesday. Tuesday. You got a big money to yeah. compete. Same thing I think Bloomberg is out let's not forget. Bloomberg is out there on everyone's television set in the country. <laughs> It's constantly. constantly. It's constant, and you're not in a place. Annoyingly I mean, he's constant, not but even, it's good. It's smart. That means that everybody's talking about him, and 
Yeah. Now, has he come under scrutiny yet? Not fully. But neither is Amy Klobuchar. I mean, you know, these people haven't really come under scrutiny yet either. They will. until they're a front runner, they're not. Then I think Elizabeth Warren, neighboring state, if she comes in fourth or fifth, done. Just, pet, just if, peddling. If, if Joe the Biden comes in fourth or fifth, which is highly likely, he, does he, he said, hang into, He said he's not done already. He's already put it out there that he's not Does, does he have it? any money left? I think he has Her- enough to get to South Carolina. Then what do you think on that one? I mean, if Biden comes in fourth yeah. or fifth here, what do you think? Well, I don't think he's going to exit the race before South Carolina, but I think he'd be done if he finished fourth or fifth. I mean, look look at the numbers in South Carolina. Tom Steyer is closing on Joe Biden in, in South Carolina. So, you know, South Carolina's Tom Steyer's chance and Mike Bloomberg's chance is Super Tuesday. Yeah, so when is Nevada? Nevada's uh, 22nd? Yeah, 22nd. So Nevada's the next one after this. And it's a week at, later, South Carolina. It's and then, then Super Tuesday is like two weeks after that. Oh, th- four days later. Oh, so I mean, you're... So Harry... If South Carolina, which the way I see March it right now, was is Biden's firewall, so to speak, if, if he's got money to make it a firewall. But the truth of the matter is, as he goes into that, you talked about Steyer coming on. Uh, Buttigieg doesn't appear to be connecting at all with the South Carolinians. But, um, and Steyer's not going to win it, although he's got the money to carry on. It could really change the scope of it. You, you could be talking about the well, three I, candidates. I mean, the three candidates going into Super Tuesday, it is possible. That the three candidates or four candidates going into Super Tuesday, this is what we need to be thinking about for the Democrats, could well be Bernie Sanders, Tom Steyer, because he's got the money, Bloomberg, because he's got the money, and Buttigieg, if he does okay, because he's got some momentum and he'll get some money. I think that is correct, and I think it's important to keep in mind that a recent national poll indicates that Bloomberg is now coming in second among African-American voters to Joe Biden. So this means um, that for Joe Biden, to coin a phrase, it's danger, danger, danger in in South Carolina. Why? Because he could be a hit on both flanks. First, with Tom Steyer, and secondly, uh, with Michael Bloomberg. I don't think Michael Bloomberg will likely... Uh, have staying power forever, yeah. but I think he will be fine going into South Carolina, yeah. and that places uh, Joe Biden at risk, and it places his entire strategy at risk. Keep in mind that Joe Biden's handlers essentially are hiding him from the public right. for justifiable uh, reasons uh, because he is vi- terrible on the stump, and I think his uh finances are going to dry up yep. soon it's interesting um how that plays out we'll talk more about that when we get the results tomorrow but let's go to this go to the phones here. yeah roger in minnesota's good question actually on line one roger welcome to jcqo live thank you for taking my call sure. and i add my thanks to for for everything that you do thanks. i'm wondering what's the difference between progressivism and socialism i thought progressivism was just a laundered word for a socialist or even a communist uh, let me tell you the difference. Patience. Uh, someone that declares themselves a socialist has already reached their goal of being a socialist. A progressive, generally, is moving towards that capacity, uh, just at a slower pace. Yeah, I mean, I think socialist is already about government running your life, government running major aspects, nationalizing industries, so getting closer and closer to communism. Whereas progressive is is exactly what you just said. It's progressing that way. You're, you, you do it in a smaller scale, you do it, and I mean, it's still large. I mean, it's still it's still transformational, 
but it's not quite to the point where you're just saying, put my foot down, the government's going to run your life. That's what socialism is about. And the government's going to run every aspect of what used to be private industries in America. Um, and so it's a step away from communism. I think Bernie Sanders is actually closer to being a communist, by the way, than a socialist. I think that whole Democrat socialist thing, the difference they, they will say is that they aren't dictators. That's it. I think uh, Jordan is correct. I, I think both progressives and socialists at bottom are motivated by Marxism. And so um, progressives are uh, intent on taking baby steps. And so you see this with the so-called social justice movement. And when you drill down, what do you find? You find both Marxism and ultimately you find Darwinism. And so if you look at Marxist theory uh, deeply, you find he saw things moving in a particular direction inevitably. Uh, and socialists and progressives both want to move history along to its quote-unquote inevitable conclusion. Uh, socialists simply want to move there more quickly. All right, let's grab another call here. Yeah, Jason, Pennsylvania, online for Jason. Welcome to Jason. Hey, Jason. Yes, hey, thank you for taking yep. my call. Uh, you did mention uh, Bloomberg uh, earlier, yep. and uh, I was wondering uh, what kind of uh, – he seems to be off of the fringe. You know, he's not doing the New Hampshire. He's not doing Iowa. Yeah. What do you suppose his kind of strategy is? I think his strategy is, is uh, blitz it on Super Tuesday. I mean, Dan, what do you think? That's what I think. Yeah, that's what he stated outright, but he is rising in the polls nationally. I, I would say this to the caller, Jay. I think Senator Sanders is the most likely nominee by a long shot. I think there's a big drop-off after that. But I actually think of the people running, I actually think Mike Bloomberg is the second most likely to get the nomination at hmm. this point. I'd say that with an asterisk. Once he does go on the debate stage, he could get what I would call right now Camilla Harris, which is that he is was a strong support. Back in 2015, he's, there, there's audio of him saying, what do you do to kids with guns? Throw them up against the wall. Does that work in 2020 with the Democrat Party? Throw kids up against the wall? African-American incarceration problems. Republican member. This is a Republican mayor of New York who then became an independent, who then became a Democrat, who supported the stop and frisk, which incarcerated a lot of African-Americans. Um, and like that policy or not, it doesn't work in the Democrat primary. I'm talking just polit politics here. He's going to have to defend some things. I'm not just talking about soda bans, which are pretty ridiculous, too, that, that, that I think can make him weaker when he's on the debate stage. That's why I think his strategy's been smart. Play, unto, playing into this like a Do you think Super he'll be a big player? I think on Super Tuesday will. What do you think, Andy? He's got to win a state. Yeah. And, and it's because of one word, money. I think Andy is precisely correct. Yeah, not a billionaire, not a player. Yeah, no. I mean, he has no charisma. Not that interesting. I mean, yeah. but he's he's a billionaire and he owns his own news channel. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for the broadcast today. Again, support the work of the ACLJ. You saw that victory we had for that FBI agent who discriminated because of his faith. We won that one. ACLJ.org. ACLJ.org. We'll talk to you tomorrow. For decades now, the ACLJ has been on the front lines, protecting your freedoms, defending your rights, in courts, in Congress, and in the public arena. The American Center for Law and Justice is on your side. If you're already a member, thank you. And if you're not, well, this is the perfect time to stand with us at ACLJ.org, where you can learn more about our life-changing work. Become a member today. ACLJ.org.